I want to say uh, to this house uh, what an awesome, awesome job you did hosting the conference this weekend. All of you that uh, worked and helped, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, to Tim and Carol for leading it, thank you so much. Uh, we're just so blessed to be here. Some of our Florida people uh, stayed over, and we're glad that you're here. They're all the way in the back back there, but we're glad you're here. And uh, just thank God for what he's doing right now in this day and in this hour that we're living in. I really feel like that, as Tim said, there was much accomplished over the conference. I do believe that there was a shift within the nation, uh, and I think we'll begin seeing it. Uh, play out in the history and the news uh, coming up within our nation. Uh, I am so thankful for Cheryl and glad that she's here with us today. And uh, she got, I, you have only been with me but one other time here, I think. And, uh, and so I'm glad that she's here. And uh, <clears throat> so I, <clears throat> over the last several years, I've been hearing the word all rise, just like if you were in a courtroom. And the uh, bailiff or whoever it is that says that would, before the judge comes in would say, all rise. I've been in courtrooms at times sitting on jury duty, one time in a lawsuit and, uh, where I was the one who was doing the sue and I wasn't the one being sued, thankfully. And uh, I remember hearing the judge say, all rise, uh, or the bailiff saying, all rise. And I believe that God is saying that to the church today. Regina spoke about awakening the church yesterday. And he's calling the church to begin to arise. To arise in faith. To arise in hope. To arise in prayer. And this is why that he wants us to arise. Because he is arising within the land. God is arising in the land that we live in right now. In America, God is rising. His ecclesia is rising in this land as well. All across this land, from coast to coast of this nation, there's a remnant people, an ecclesia that is rising up. They're not the majority, but God never used the majority throughout scriptures. He used a remnant each time that would arise whenever darkness invaded the land. They would arise and release the light, and light always, always overcomes darkness. Say it always overcomes darkness. So if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Isaiah 52, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version and then the Passion Translation as well. It says in the King James Version, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall be no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Verse 2. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And now in the Passion Translation. Wake up. Open your eyes, beautiful Zion. Put on your majestic strength. Jerusalem, the sacred city. Put on your glory garments. Never again will the unclean enter your gates. Arise and shake off your dust. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Break your shackles of bondage from your neck, 
O captive daughter of Zion. Yahweh is calling his church to awaken today. Last March on March 5th, I had an incredible dream about the awakening I know that is coming to America. And just let me say before I begin the dream that we are on track for a great awakening within this nation. Cheryl and I were driving to Santa Rosa Beach where Christian International is. I was speaking on a Friday and a Sunday back in March, and we decided to take two days to go up there and spend some time along the way visiting people we hadn't seen in a while, having lunch with them, and we stayed overnight in Tallahassee. And that, not, that morning of March 5th, I had this dream in which I was walking on an old wooden loading dock. And to my left, as I was walking, was a train that was built in the late 1800s or early 1900s. And there were many people boarding this passenger train. Thousands of were boarding the train and getting ready to get on the train. And I was about to get on the train when a lady walks up to me and prays for me and says, Rest! Exclamation mark. And I fell out in the spirit, but before I could hit the ground, this same lady grabs me by the back of my collar, raises me back up, prays for me again, and says, Rest! The lady who prayed for me in the dream was Trinity from the movie Matrix. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was saying to me, rest. The second time she prayed for me, I lay on the loading dock, and I had fallen forward. And I laid there, and I began looking up like this, and I began seeing the word goodness flashing red thousands and thousands of times. And at this point in the dream, the word goodness never left the dream. Begin to see it flashing everywhere above me, on the ground, to the side of me, getting brighter and brighter and brighter. I got up. I know, knew I needed to get on this train because this was an awakening train headed to Wales. Cheryl was already on this train, and I needed to get on it, but I, my luggage was not where it was supposed to be. So to my right was our hotel room that we had stayed in. It was also against the loading dock. This loading dock was a place of transition. And I went in my room to see if my luggage was there, and I found my briefcase, and I picked it up and came out of the loading dock, and there my luggage was sitting by the train as the train is beginning to start slowly, and the conductor is starting to close the door. I grab my luggage, and I jump on the train. I go all the way up to the front car, the first car, and I sit down next to Cheryl, and as I do, a map comes down in front of me, the width of the car. And I begin seeing the track that we're going to take as this train is going to Wales. It didn't show any cities, but it showed the track, and the words goodness are flashing everywhere. And then all of a sudden, I begin seeing on the map the word goodness begin flashing over and over and over again. I didn't know where we were going, but I do know that this weekend was one of the stops that we made along the track of awakening. And God is calling us now into an awakening season, and the goodness of God is what's going to propel us into this awakening. It's not our goodness that's going to propel us, it's the goodness of the Lord. And so God is calling us to arise from the slumber 
And he's saying to us, no more delay. And I believe that this weekend we entered into what I call, will call a season of no more delay. I believe that the season shifted this weekend. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, New American Standard, he says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time and it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come it will not delay. And the season that we have entered this weekend is the season of no more delay. We've been preaching that now for several years, but I really believe that this weekend the season shifted to a season that the things that God has promised us is not going to be delayed any longer. The things of revival, the words of revival, the words of harvest, the words of the prodigals coming home. God says, I'm not going to delay this. A couple of years back, the Lord spoke to me and said, the prodigals are weeping. It's time for their return. And I began hosting online things on Facebook, praying for the prodigals. And people would send in their prodigals' names. Some of you may have. And people would send in their names, and I would call their prodigals' name out loud on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And we would have thousands of, we had 9,000 views within two days. We must have prayed for close to 1,500 prodigals by name. Not saying Jason here and then Jason, and then we, we would say Jason here, and then 50 words down we'd say Jason again. Whoever's prodigal that was, we were releasing their name into the atmosphere. And we begin to get reports that the prodigals were returning one by one. They were coming home. We begin to hear of prodigals on the return. And I'm telling you today that the prodigals are coming home. We've had one of ours recently come back to the Lord now and is serving the Lord and going to church there in Lakeland at Reggie Scarborough's church. Ron Teal recently, last year actually, about this time last year, had a dream that I was on a platform and I had a megaphone holding it up and calling the prodigals. Dutch and Chuck were on each side of me. They had a microphone. And as I began calling the prodigals, this young man came up. And when this young man came up, I put a robe on his back and a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. And on my megaphone was the word, sound of the season. And on the other side was the word, prodigals. What Ron did not know that I've been preaching about the prodigals for three years now, four years. But the young man that came up, his name was Jason. And Ron didn't know that I have a son by the name of Jason who is a prodigal. But he won't be a prodigal for long. He's on his way home and into sonship. Hallelujah. Our prodigals are on the move. The revival is on the move. Signs and wonders and miracles and healings are on the move. Listen to this. Last July of last year, 2019, 
I was at my cardiologist and I go again tomorrow and he says are you tired and I said doc I wake up tired I go to bed tired I'm tired in the middle of the night I'm tired in the middle of the day he said well your thyroid's off I had just had blood work done he said your thyroid's off and we want to give you some medicine and then you go to see your family doctor and get them to keep the medicine going and so I did and so they give me the medicine and then all of a sudden my thyroid just goes absolutely haywire I was hypo a little bit then but then on December 30 or somewhere around November December my thyroid went from hypo to hyper and on December 31st I began to have congestive heart failure and so I began going to the heart doctor for them to treat me for this they you know they don't tell you everything it'd be nice if they would tell you everything so you know how to pray because you have to sometimes pull it out of them and search things out and I and get real aggressive in your health and so they sent me to the heart failure clinic I said man this is a terrible name can it be a heart saving clinic it was bad I told them I said can't y'all change the name of this and so they begin treating me for heart, a congestive heart failure. Get me on some different medicine. And then in March of that year, my thyroid went from hyper to hypo. But it didn't go just a little bit hypo. It went extreme hypo. I, at the time, I didn't know the difference between hyper and hypo. But I learned it. Then this past summer, I began to have an extreme depression. I'd never been depressed before in my life. May have been discouraged, but not depressed. I never knew what a chemical imbalance was. And I began crying out to God. And I would literally wake up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. weeping and crying. And, and just saying, what is going on here? Cheryl said, I've never seen you this way. I've never seen me this way. She'd say, well, suck it up and get over it, because those are my words. <laughs> and I would say, I'm trying. I'm trying to suck this up, baby, but it just won't suck up. <laughs> and so it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I would have good days and bad days. There was a period there in the summer in June and July that I didn't even enter in the pulpit for four weeks because I at least had sense enough to know not to get in the pulpit when I'm this way. And then two weeks ago, I took my sons and daughters, 21 of us, and 23 including Cheryl and I, we went to Moravian Falls. And it was an amazing place. I'd heard a lot about it. And we had flown that day and been flying most of the day, traveling most of the day on the 27th. And I laid down, and we laid down in, in our angel cabin. We were in the angel cabin where, where, where Bobby Connor had a visitation from Jesus. And we were in this angel cabin, and I had told the Lord I was so tired. I've, my, my whole body physically hurt. My heart was hurting. Everything about me was hurting. And I told the Lord, I said, I'd be glad to have a visitation tomorrow. But tonight I want to sleep. And so I'm laying there and trying to go to sleep, and all of a sudden I begin hearing chatter. 
And I felt like I was being watched. You ever had that eerie feeling that somebody's watching you? Well, I began having that eerie feeling that I was being watched, and I began hearing this chatter. And it was kind of like being at Cracker Barrel when it's packed to capacity. And you can't, there's so much talk going on there, you can't hear what's being said even at your own table. And it was like this, and I'm wondering, what is this? And then all of a sudden, right next to me, I heard a voice say right by my ear, they have finally arrived. It was as if though the angels had been expecting us to come. It was as if though it had been written in history for us to be there. I didn't know everything the Lord was going to have for me that week. And so we did a lot of things with our sons and daughters that week, had a lot of time together and I got to speak to them. We had a lot of worship time. We actually, when we do these things once a year, we go there with no agenda whatsoever except to go after the Lord. And then on the 30th of September, something happened to me. I'm not sure exactly where it was. We had gone up on Prayer Mountain and sat under a gazebo, and the presence of God just fell on us just like this. And Everybody had been talking, and all of a sudden, all the talk stopped. I don't know whether it was that night when the joy of the Lord entered into that place. But something happened to me. Something happened to my body. Something happened to my mind. Even the fog I had been in for almost a year immediately lifted that night. From December 31st up until September 30th, I had had heart issues Almost every day, I haven't had one heart issue since that day. You see, God is arising, and what he's doing for me, he's making me fit for the journey. He's equipping me with health. Look at somebody and say, he's equipping you with health for the journey. He's equipping his church with health for the journey. Not only that, not only did I get healed Physically, I, we had gone through, in the midst of being hypothyroid to the extreme back in the summer, we had a church split and lost about nine families in the midst of all of that. Not only am I healed physically, I'm healed of all that church split junk. And so today I want to write in bold letters for you, although God has written it this weekend, and I hope you'll do what... Apostle Tim says, and go back and rewatch everything that was said. He is saying to us, awakening is here, and there is no more delay. It's as if the angel has, in Revelation 10, stood, put one foot in the sea and one foot on the land, and raised his hand and said, there shall be no more delay. He's saying that there's going to be no more delay to God healing your body. No more delay for him bringing the prodigals home. Some of them may come home to before you get home today. They may come home to the Lord. There's no more delay to the darkness that has been upon the prodigals. And though those who have been sitting in the darkness, the prodigals who have been sitting in the pig pen, are going to come into the light and begin returning to our Father's house. What you and I need to remember is that we do not need to be an elder brother and make them say a thousand hail kins or whatever your name is when they come home. 
You let them be free when they get home. I remember years ago praying for this young girl in Winter Haven, Florida. I didn't know she was going to fall down in holy laughter when I prayed for her. But she had been a prodigal, and this was her first time in church in many, many seasons. And I prayed for her, and, and I'm not a hype person. I don't push people down when I pray for them. I don't like pushy preachers. When they try to push me, I just push back. I lean into them. Yeah, I don't mind going down by the Holy Ghost, but I am not going down by you pushing me. It just is not going to happen. But I prayed for this young girl, not expecting not expecting to see her fall. I didn't know who she was. She fell out in the spirit, and all of a sudden, she starts laughing in the floor in holy laughter. And I'm amazed as I watch this. And then when the service is over, over her mom comes to me mad and angry. She said, you shouldn't have done that to her. And I said, I didn't do anything. Was you, she has no right to be laying on the floor laughing like that. I said, what are you talking about? She says, you don't know what she's done. And I so told her, I said, I don't care what she's done. She has come home today to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And these prodigals are going to be coming in, and we do not need to get an elder brother spirit when they do. We do not need to make requirements for them when they come in. We need to begin rejoicing kill the fatty calf put the robe on their back the ring on their finger when they come home it's a joyous thing when sons and daughters come back into the kingdom the fog that the enemy has been trying to put on the church is beginning to leave the church that spirit of divination that paul wrestled with in acts 16 is also now the wrestling of it within the church is over because the spirit of pythos has been dealt with and dealt a death blow. Your fog season is over. And God is getting His church on track. Come on. He's getting His ecclesia on track. He's getting His body on track. He's getting His preachers on track. He's bringing, breaking the fog off of us. Preachers everywhere now today are beginning to preach with the fire of God. Instead of having nice little sermons for their nice Christians, they're starting to preach with the fire of God again because God is burning again in the pulpits of America. Hallelujah. In Proverbs 4, verse 1, the Passion Translation, he says, Listen to, to my correction, my sons, for I speak to you as a father. Let discernment enter your heart, and you will grow wise with the understanding I impart. God has placed us on a corrective track now. He's corrected us. He's corrected things in my body. He's corrected things and breaking the fog off of my life. Correction's not a bad thing when you need correcting. And those who are able to receive correction can begin moving on track with the Lord to see His kingdom come and His will be done within our life. It's when we reject correction that you and I miss the mark. I want God to correct me every time that I need correcting. I want to get on track. What is at stake is too big for you and I to miss. I don't want to miss it. Look at somebody and say, we're not going to miss it. 
He goes on to say, so receive my correction no matter how hard it is to swallow. For wisdom will snap you back into her place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. When that correction comes, receive it with gladness. He goes on to say in Proverbs 13, 1, A wise son or daughter desires a father's discipline, but no but the know-it-all never listens to correction. Man, have I met a bunch of know-it-alls. They never receive the correction. And when you and I don't receive correction, it disqualifies us in sonship. It's important that we receive the correction to get on track for the great awakening that's before us. God is about to bust things wide open within this nation. Going back to Isaiah 52 and verse 2. He says there, shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. The word shake thyself is one Hebrew word. It's the word narah. In, it's spelled N-A-A-R, but pronounced N-A-W-R-A. It is the idea of the rustling of the mane accompanied by the lion's roar. When the Lord was saying this to Zion, and he's saying it to us, he says, you need to arise as a lion. And begin shaking your mane and shake the dust out of your mane. And begin releasing the roar of the lion. Apostle Tom Hammond talked about the lion's roar the other day. And the identity that it releases when the lion begins to roar. Where Cheryl and I used to pastor over in central Florida. It was in a rural area. And about three miles away there was an exotic farm that housed cats. Not house cats. House cats would be food for these cats. They had lions. They had Florida panthers. They had mountain lions. They had tigers. They had cheetahs. Many of them were rescued animals. They had to be rescued either from zoos or individuals. We used to have a lot of people in Florida that would try to raise tigers uh, in their backyard. Why you would want to do something like that, I don't know. But our church was three miles away, and I remember the first time on an Easter Sunday morning, I had arrived at church at 5 a.m. to pray and seek the Lord for our Easter service. And I remember getting out of the car that morning, it's still dark outside, and I shut the car door, and from three miles away, I began to hear the lion's roar echo through the trees and the fields and the orange groves of Florida and come up to my hearing and it was as if though even though it was three miles away it was just like it was right next to me and I began hearing this lion's roar piercing the darkness of night as he was awakening in the morning at 5 a.m. he was awakening his dawn and he was saying I am in charge of this day and the lion of the tribe of Judah is awakened right now and is wanting his church to awaken to begin to say the ecclesia is going to have a say in how this nation is going to go. The lion is roaring from Zion. 
He says, arise, shake yourself, release your lion's roar. Begin to release the roar of the lion. Begin to allow it to come from deep on the inside of you. Let the praise of God begin to rise up. Let the decrees and declarations of awakening begin to arise out of you. And begin piercing through the darkness of Ohio. Piercing through the darkness of Florida. Piercing through the darkness of our nation. Let the lion's roar begin to say, God is in control of this nation. He is ordered a new day in America. He says, arise and shake yourself. Stir yourself is what Paul told Timothy. Paul told Timothy, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He was telling Timothy, he says, I want to put you in remembrance. I want you to recollect or I want you to recollect the gifting that was placed on the inside of you. I want you to trigger that gift of God on the inside of you to release the lion's roar. There are words in the kingdom that literally trigger my spirit. I can hear someone say just one word and there's a trigger that will go off. Also, many people who have not been delivered from trauma, when they will hear a word, will be triggered to reverse back into that trauma. But God is not asking us to go that way. He's asking us today to begin to release the lion's roar because it triggers something in the heavens. When we take the prophecies of Columbus and begin decreeing those, when we pray the prayers of Robert Hunt, it triggers something in the atmosphere across the nation. When you begin praying the prayers over the Supreme Court, it begins triggering things in the atmosphere. When you begin praying prayers over your prodigals, it triggers things in the atmosphere. A trigger takes place and it begins activating and making a new day for those people that you're praying for. The word stir up, when Paul mentioned this to Timothy, it means to re-enkindle, to rekindle that gift on the inside of you, to rekindle what God has put inside of you. Then he says, sit down. I said, I think this has a life-altering meaning too because in the dream I had, Trinity said twice. Rest doesn't mean a physical rest. It means rest in Him. Just learned a while ago that my flight is delayed. I really like my bed. I so wanted to get home tonight. But when I was reading that on my phone that Delta had delayed my flight, all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and He says, I'm in this, just, just ride with it. You and I have got to learn how to enter into the rest of the Lord. Matthew 11 talks about that. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest unto your souls. I like what the Message Bible says. It says, learn about the unforth rhythms of grace. 
So when I read that, I said, I'm not going to force this. The Lord knows what he's doing. He's got this in control. I'm learning how to rest brand new in my life right now. Because I want to finish the race with excellence. I want to finish the race that he has placed before me. I want to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. The word sit down there is also means, is in the Hebrew, yashab, Y-A-S-H-A-B. And it means to dwell, to marry, to abide. Psalms 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In John 15, in verses 5 through 6, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. Several years ago, Cheryl and I lived in Alabama. Well, many years ago now. And in our property, we had three full-grown apple trees. And I had two of them that were abiding, but one was not abiding. Two of them were producing a lot of fruit. We'd get a pickup load off of each tree, of the two trees, but this one tree would only bear one apple, two apples every year. And so one year my granddad came down and Cheryl left. Now she didn't know what we were about to do because we were about to butcher this tree. And we went out to this tree and my granddad and I, we began pruning this tree. And it looked pretty bad too when we finished. We had pruned that thing way back. We didn't cut the graft. You can't cut the graft. But we pruned it way back, and then after we pruned it, I got my tiller, and I tilled around it. And then I fertilized. I put 50 pounds of triple eight around it. And I backed up, and I spoke in my best southern accent to my tree. I said, looky here, tree. I've done to you what the Bible says do. I have pruned you. I've tilled around you. I have fertilized you. You don't have to produce this spring. You don't have to even make one bud. I'm going to give you one year off. But the next year, if you do not bear fruit, I will cut you down and burn you in the fire. This tree heard every word I said. Because this tree... Spring of the following year, all of a sudden, buds coming out everywhere. And that summer, the other two trees produced one pickup load each. This one tree produced two pickup loads of apples. We have to learn how to abide in Him. Sometimes that abiding means that He prunes us so that we can go deeper in abiding in Him. But He wants us to abide in the vine as He is as he is the, the root of that vine. He's also, when you look at Isaiah 52, he's putting us in seats of authority. 
There's a seat of authority here in Ohio to govern the nation. There's a seat of authority in Florida to govern the nation from. One of our spiritual daughters two weeks ago had a visitation from Bob Jones while we were there at Moravian Falls. He appears to her and he starts telling her about a new dimension that Florida, the ecclesia of Florida, will begin driving the nation from. And he goes on to tell her, he says, and you will, you will drive for a season and then the north gate is going to drive for a season. When I heard this, I immediately thought about you guys here. I thought about Apostle Tim and Carol. I thought about Ohio. That God, and, and then at the end of the thing, he, he told her, he said, and you're going to truly have north, south, east, and west gates within this nation that's going to be driving this nation into its destiny. It was a powerful visitation. <clears throat> but he said, we'll do it from a new dimension. We will do it from a heavenly dimension. We will do it from a seat of authority, not one that is in the earth, but one that is in the heavenlies. We will reign and rule in America from a heavenly realm, decreeing down into earth what we're hearing the Lord say out of the heavens. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Glory to God. Daniel saw these seats of authority. In Daniel 7, he says, I kept looking until thrones were set up, plural thrones. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning as fire. I love this because as Jim Hodges said the other day, as heaven is, so it is in earth. And I believe that there are thrones here. There's a throne not of iniquity, but a throne of the kingdom of God here in Ohio. I believe that there's one in Florida that we set with the Ancient of Days as an ecclesia, not any one person but as an ecclesia to begin ruling and reigning and decreeing and prophesying and saying what the Lord is saying about our nation. Hallelujah. It's just like in your home. When you're in your home, you need to rule in that home and don't let anything just come in. Can I, can I tell your story about you throwing the person out of the house? Okay. Several years ago, this person had come to our house, and, and uh, I had told this person, I said, you can't do that. And all of a sudden, they just went demon-possessed. And they began cursing us bad, cursing me and Cheryl and all of our kids. And, and I'm trying to get the person out of the house without touching them. And I was just getting this close to him and saying, you've got to leave, you've got to leave, you've got to leave, you know. And I kept easing that person toward the door. Well, finally, Cheryl had enough. <laughs> I was trying to do it the nice way. And all of a sudden, she grabs this person and doesn't just politely lead them out. She literally throws them through the screen door of our house, the, the, the screen weather door. I literally had to stop her. I'm 
serious I did. I had to stop her. <clears throat> and so the person is outside and they're cursing, spitting at us, cursing our house. And I said, get off of our property. And finally they went outside and called the sheriff department. And they called the sheriff and the deputy sheriff comes and we invite him in the house and this person's out there cursing and ranting and raving and we're inside it. We're, we're in peace. Cheryl has thrown all the demons out, so we're in peace, you know. And he comes inside and <clears throat> he hears her story, the girl outside, and then hears Cheryl's story. And he said, well, it looks like I'm going to have to take both of you to jail. And Cheryl said, okay. It's <laughs> just like, I'd do it again. <clears throat> So he goes, goes and calls his supervisor, and he comes back inside, and he says, Mrs. Malone, I have to apologize to you. I just found out that if, in Florida, if someone's in your house and they won't leave and you want them to go, you can put them out any way you see fit. <laughs> and I told, the, <clears throat> I told Cheryl and the sheriff, deputy sheriff, I said, well, had I known that, I'd let her have her way. <laughs> every way <laughs> you see what what the enemy has tried to plant in your home in your town in your city in your nation you need to throw it out you don't let it abide we abide in him but the enemy when the enemy comes in you kick the enemy out you don't allow him access you don't allow him to stay in there you have been given a seat of authority in your home. And when something comes in your home that shouldn't be there, you have all authority to get it out. There was, no, I won't tell this one. There was another time I, never mind. <laughs> Revelation 3.21 says, He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father. On his throne he's calling us to overcome within this nation not to be overcome and I said it the other day for far too long the ecclesia has been passive but now we're becoming aggressive in our stance for the Lord we're becoming aggressive we're aggressive in prayer we're aggressive in prophesying we're gonna be aggressive in the voting booth too, come November 3rd we're gonna be very aggressive take this nation back from the, from the enemy I'm going to tell this one. This is a good one. My son comes back home from Afghanistan. Been there for 18 months. And when he gets back home, he's just in his early 20s. He gets back home and he stays with us for probably six months. And there was a lot of stuff he had to break off of him. He's seen some of his buddies get killed. And, and so a lot of stuff he had to get broken off of him. And I was preaching one Sunday about spiritual warfare. And I was made the comment, I don't know why, that some of the church does not want to enter into warfare. And about three days later, he and I are driving into Orlando in my pickup, and he says, it just out of the blue says, Dad, he says, you know why the church doesn't like spiritual warfare? I said, I never heard him talk like this. I said, no, tell me. He said, they love the enemy too much. And I said, explain to me what you're talking about. He said, when we were in Afghanistan, we were not allowed to love any Afghan person because of the potential 
of them killing us. He was a, a sergeant at the time. He retired not long ago, last year, I think, after 20 years. And, uh, but it, he, he, was, he patrolled every day of the streets of Kabul on foot every day. He had five men under him, and the British would bring their sergeant and, and five men with him, and they had a total of 12. And he said, these kids would come up to us wanting candy, and we were not allowed to befriend anybody because of the potential that they could take us out. He had, he had seen one of his buddies taken out by giving a kid candy. He had a bomb under him, under his shirt. And he said, Dad, he said, the church embraces and, and tolerates the ideology of the enemy because they don't want to lose friendship with those who embrace that ideology of the enemy. And it began making sense that many times within the body of Christ, we will tolerate same-sex marriage or abortion just for the sake of being liked by people. And I'm not talking about going and taking somebody out. I'm just saying that we've got to begin taking a stand, regardless if we do lose friends or we do lose people that we're buds with. We have to begin taking a stand within this nation. I get called racist all the time. I get called homophobic all the time, and I'm not either one of those. Not at all. I just do not like the ideology of abortion or the ideology of same-sex marriage. I don't like it. doesn't mean I don't love the people, and there's a difference. There's a big difference. But you and I are called right now to begin arising and releasing the roar of the lion in the body of Christ. We're not called to be passive any longer. We're called to arise in aggression. It's just like the, someone was saying, I think it was Dutch maybe, that the preacher who took off his robe and joined the military. And he was not the only one back in the Revolutionary War, most of them. Most of the pastors of that day did that. And so many times you may wonder, well, why is Apostle Tim always going after government? Because God wants to bring revival to the government of this nation. And he wants to bring righteousness into the government of our nation. And we won't come into full awakening until we begin seeing that shift as well. Not just the church. We've been content for years with just a church revival when God wants to bring one that's going to manifest in every realm of society. Where God is going to sit and hover over cities, over businesses. And, and he sits there and hovers over the school system and the school system gets filled with the Spirit of God and the teachers are talking in tongues and the students are being slain in the Spirit and coming to the Lord. I had a, I had a, a, a six-hour vision back on April 30th of God moving into the Tampa Bay region. I was sitting out on my balcony minding my own business and drinking coffee and looking at the ocean one morning on April 30th. And all of a sudden, my vision goes over into the Tampa Bay region. 
And I saw God begin to bring in revival into the Tampa Bay region. It's a place that Holy Spirit caused Hernando de Soto to give it a name, Bay of Holy Spirit. He named that over the Tampa Bay region. And I saw in this vision for six hours the Lord manifesting over the Tampa Bay region. I saw senior citizens' parks all over that region coming under the presence of the Lord and seniors being saved by the thousands upon thousands. And the seniors are one of the untapped people within the church today. And there's going to be a mighty revival among seniors and in nursing home and senior communities, a mighty revival. I saw ministers coming out of retirement over in the Tampa Bay region to steward the revival. Another thing I saw, and I... I, I, I this change this messed me up in this vision. I saw the homeless community seeing a revival of Holy Spirit and people in the homeless community being saved and the homeless people preaching to one another, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Evangelism broke out in the homeless community. And I had, I had never looked at the homeless community the way the Lord was showing me that morning. I never saw them as say, a senior citizens group or a youth group, God sees them homeless as people he's going after. I just saw them as, for years, I'm just being honest. I just saw them as outcasts. I never saw them as a group of people that God wanted to come in and impact their life in a major way. But he's coming to the homeless. I saw some of you know where St. Petersburg is. I saw a Book of Acts revival coming to St. Petersburg. I saw God moving into the locker rooms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the uh, uh, Tampa Rays baseball team, and the, the uh, soccer, uh, not the soccer, the uh, hockey team there in the Tampa area. I saw him moving into the locker rooms, and these, these athletes begin, begin uh, uh, strategizing on how to transform their city for God. There's a major revival coming to us, church. It's going to be on steroids. We've not seen anything in the history of mankind like what is on the threshold right now. It's going to be all of the different movements, the Cane Ridge Movement, the Red River Meeting House, the Asbury College, the Azusa Street, the Bonnie Bray House. It's going to be all the Charismatic Movement, the Jesus Movement, the Healing Movement, all on steroids coming at one time going to be huge and I'm so excited I believe that in my generation I'm going to see it I believe that I will see this awakening revival before I go home hallelujah I have no plans of going until I see it Lord we're going to see it we just need to get our get ready ready because God is about to break through in this nation Listen, in 2008, I had to quit watching the news because I had lost all hope of America seeing awakening revival. And I went to the Lord about it one day because I realized that I didn't have the faith for that revival. I never thought I'd see it in my generation. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I said, I, don't, I just don't have faith for it anymore. And this is what he said to me. He said, you watch too much news. And this is me. This is just me. But my righteous soul, like Lot, had become vexed by the conversation 
on the news channel. And I went on a four-year sabbatical of the news where I never watched one news clip. When Cheryl was watching it, I'd leave the room. Or whenever she'd leave the room, I'd turn the channel. And it wasn't but about a month that my faith began to be restored in what I had heard God say, not what the media was saying. And right now, I'm limiting myself on the media that I watch now because I believe that God is going to win this election for us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And are you ready? We live just south of the Space Center now. As we get to watch the rockets go off from where we live all the time. We're, so, we're close enough that we can feel it in our body when it goes off. And hear the rumble and feel the windows and vibrations shake. The other day we saw something we had not seen before. And the rocket went off. And then the rocket booster came back down and landed at the Space Center. It was amazing to watch this, that this rocket had gone into the heavens. And then the booster came back down. And it was, it had, it was propelled. As it came down, it would fire to slow the descent down. And then it would, it would go fast again and then fire again. It broke the sound barriers that came back down. And I'm sitting there watching this. And this, the Lord began speaking to me. He said, this is the way I want you to operate. I want you to go in the heavens and bring what I give you back down into the earth. That's how he wants us to operate. Go into the heavens. Whatever he gives us, bring it back down into the earth. Now, I want you to stand. Rachel, if you could come back up here. Thank you, Father. I just worship you, God. I'm just going to take a little time to pray. I know y'all are doing the social distancing, and so if you need prayer, I want you to throw your hand up, and I'm, we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just keep that hand up, because the Lord, the Lord sees you, and he's going to, he's going to, meet every need that you have Lord I just thank you God that these watcher angels Lord that I saw there in Moravian Falls that I experienced rather I know that they're here right now and watching every person Lord as they raise their hand and Father I just thank you God that you're going to send these watcher angels to begin coming and meeting every need Father of every hand that is raised in the name of Yeshua, I decree right now every need met. I decree in the name of Yeshua that every heart will be touched. Those of you that have lost loved ones, I decree that the watcher angel sees your hands. And he's bringing an answer to them. He's going and visiting those prodigals, visiting those lost loved ones. I decree that they're coming home to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Those of you that need healing in your body and your hand is raised, I just decree the watcher angel is bringing you the answer right now. I decree healing over you in Jesus' name. And I decree that the favor of God rests upon you. Decree that His life rests in you in Jesus' name. 
I break off every word curse ever spoken over you. Every curse that may have come down through your family lineage, I break it off now in the name of Yeshua. And I decree that the watcher angels begin releasing the blessing of the Lord within your life in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, God, that even the small things, Lord, you're coming to meet every need in the name of Yeshua. Father, I give you praise and honor and glory that migraine headaches are leaving, that the rash that is going, the rash that's on the skin right now, I see it, it's leaving in Jesus' name. I just decree, Father, that the loss of hearing God is being restored right now. And to those, Lord, who've lost hearing in their ear, I decree that the watcher angel sees that and brings, Lord, the answer for that in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you, God, that those, God, that are facing financial obstacles and have their hand raised, I decree right now that these financial obstacles are broken down in the name of Yeshua. And I decree the favor of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord. I decree the prosperity of the Lord over your life in Jesus' name. Nelendo Shandola Bacoselo Maronda de Bahai, Eco Shoka Maro de Sonda de Diaha, Moyonde de Beseto Maromba de Bocosataha. Lord, we bless you and we praise you today, Father. We glorify you and magnify you, Father. Lord, I bind every curse, every hex, every vex, every spell and incantation spoken against anyone here. God, I break every generation curse in the name of Jesus. Lord, Chuck, your prophet Chuck said this was a year to break the curse. We decree it's broken now in the name of Yeshua. We decree the favor and the blessing of God comes upon every person in Jesus' name. I say no weapon formed against you will prosper. And everything that rises against you in judgment, your tongue will condemn. For this is the inheritance of the saints. I see resurrection power coming to some businesses. I see life coming into your social activity. I see life coming into your property. Father, I decree the life of God, the healing of God over every area of every life in Jesus' name. And Lord, I say today, God, that in Ohio, that Ohio will carry the election and carry Trump in the election. As they said, this is a swing state. Lord, I decree that we know where it's swinging. It's swinging to Trump in the name of Yeshua. And I decree over you, Ohio, that you will rise up in authority. You will not be lethargic. You will not be lazy and go into the polls, but you will rise up in authority. And you will cast a conservative vote all the way down the line. Lord, we decree today that tomorrow morning as Judge Amy Comey Barrett, Lord, is being going through the hearings to sit on the bench. We decree, Lord, the grace and the favor of Deborah sets upon her. God, that you will grace her, Father, that no matter what the enemy throws at her, Father, that, God, that you will give her the tongue of a ready writer. And, God, that this week, God, that as she is sitting there, that she will write history, Father, for you in the name of Jesus Christ.
And I say, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, I decree over you today that a shift will take place in your life this week, that you will shift from being a judge to a justice in the name of Jesus. And you will arise in your authority and you will judge righteously. You will judge according to the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. We decree as you sit in your seat that God, you will cause her father to never sway God over to an unwise decision. And Father, I thank you, God, that she will prevail. She will prevail. And God, I just decree that you will give Senator Lindsey Graham the fortitude to stay the course in putting her through. Father, I thank you, God, that there are more that you're going to shift off that bench. And you're going to place righteous judges, justices, into those seats in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for doing that. Lord, let this nation begin to see properly. We just say across this nation, let this nation begin to see the way heaven sees. Let even, Lord, that those, Lord, that are sinners begin seeing the right way. Let it begin seeing the way heaven sees, Father, for this election in Jesus' name. Lord, I decree today that as representing the ecclesia of Florida, that we partner with the ecclesia of Ohio to see our nation shift into awakening revival. We say, Lord, that Florida will drive in their seat of authority and that Ohio will drive in their seat of authority and we will see awakening revival in America. We will see a move of God come into this land. We say, let God arise in Florida. Let God arise in Ohio. Let God arise in all 50 states within our nation. God, you arise and your enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. Rise up, O oh Lord. Rise up, O oh Lord. Begin to arise, Ecclesia. Let the Ecclesia of America begin to arise. Let the Ecclesia of Hawaii and Alaska arise in Jesus' name. Let the Ecclesia of the lower 48 begin to arise in Jesus' name. We say arise, shake yourself, release the lion's roar. Shake yourself, release the lion's roar in the name of Yeshua. We decree that the trauma of the past is shaken off of us. We decree that the disappointments of the past is broken off of us. We decree hope deferred is removed from us in Jesus' name. We decree that the lion begins to roar, that the lion begins to shake his mane all across America. Father, I thank you that you will not forget. 
every prayer that is prayed, every tear that is sown, every fast that is made, you will begin tipping the bowls of heaven on this nation. They are full. They're full to overflowing. And God, I thank you that we will see this. In the name of Jesus Christ, give the Lord a big shout, would you?